We want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. Thanks for listening as Pastor Stephen Hibden shares an encouraging word of God's love. We open ourselves to you today. We get rid of the idea that you are mad at us, you are disappointed in us, you are unwilling to use us. Because we know you've called us to greater things. We know you've called us to bigger things. You know that you want to use us. You, wanna, you want us to see what you can do through us. And so we need to let go of our insecurities and say, okay, maybe I don't have what it takes, but with you I do. And so today I open up my heart to hear um, maybe the story of Thomas in a different way for my life. Let everyone in this room, let all of us in this room, be spoken to in a new way today. In Jesus' name, amen. Could you say, I have decided? I, I told you to say it, so it may not be what you really truly believe. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. Next week, let's sing that song. My, my, my mom, mother and father, I was going to say, but I never called them mother and father. My mom and dad are here today. Um, yes. Um, I would ask you maybe next week to, to learn that song, I Have Decided, and you can come up and we can play together. We can do like a little moment together, okay? So next week, learn that, okay? Te teach it to him. I have decided to follow Jesus. Have you ever been at a fork in your walk with Jesus where you wonder where the passion went that you once had? You might be like at a time where you say, oh man, I used to be more passionate about Jesus, but lately or for a long time, I just don't sense the same true love of Jesus that I felt when I began my walk. There are some here today that would feel that, but then there's others that would say, man, I see people with a passion for Jesus, and you know what? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get There's a disconnect. I love Jesus. I want to serve him. I want to go to church, but I don't get, I don't get that passion for Jesus. I haven't ever had it. I've, I, I want to, but it's, it's just not there. I just, it's just this, this obscure, this, this abstract thing that I could never grasp. But let me tell you today, there is no one who cannot, there is no one who cannot, okay, that makes it, who cannot experience the passion that Jesus has for us if you'll just be open to it. Amen. Um, I see if, is, is um, Jaden um, in kids ministry, is it with Riley? Is Riley, are you, are you watching Jaden? Oh, you are? I was going to tell him, you need to get in here because you need to hear this about Jesus, passion for Jesus. But if you have to be out there with him, I understand. But um, you see, uh, maybe you're here. I lost my place now, huh? I remember the day for me when I discovered a passion for Jesus in a way that was different than Yes, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, though none go with me. Still, I will follow. I received Jesus early on in my life. And maybe it was out of fear of going to hell. Or maybe it was out of fear of uh, I was going to get, I just needed to do it. But it was real. I did receive Jesus into my heart. I asked him to come into my heart. I had him clean out my heart, make it clean. I was around seven, eight years old, right? I remember another time in my life that was different. And I knew I had 
had a call on my life to do something. All of us do. You all have a call to do something for God in ministry. It may not be a pastor, and probably there's much more important things for everyone to do in this room. But I was called, I knew to be a, a pastor. I knew that early on, but it was confirmed to me at a, at a moment in my life, one moment, and it was at an event that I was at as a kid. I was probably... Um, 12 years old, and I and I was. It was a youth event. I wasn't old enough to be there. And ironically, do you know where it was? It was about 50 miles from here in Denver. It was in Denver, Colorado, where I would say I chose the call of God on my life. I remember the pastor, the preacher, was speaking, and he said, "If you are in this room today," and it was like a place in Denver that's a. I don't. I think it's a stockyard, but was that in? Texas. That was a different place. But I just feel like it wasn't the nicest building. It was a, but it was a big building. I was way up in the, in the, in the um, balcony, and there really was a balcony in this place. And I, he said, if you really love Jesus and you want him to serve him with all your heart, you want to do whatever he has, they were singing the song, I have a destiny. I know I shall fulfill. I have a destiny. If you have a destiny and you're here, you want this, I want you to stand up to your feet and shout as loud as you can, I want the cross. I want the cross. And it wasn't like, um, if you're here today, and just, just look up at me. Yes, I see you. Yes, I see you. Um, no one looking around. It was, you stand to your feet. And this is a big room with lots of people, th a thousand kids. And thousand kids, my age, peers. And he wanted you to stand and echo through the big stadium, I want the cross. And I was waiting, and I knew my heart was burning. I needed to do this, and I didn't want to get embarrassed by saying it. And then I hear one, and I hear another, and it's still quiet. It's not like, oh, everyone's going to start, then I'll just jump up, and it'll no, no, no. And it's quiet, and I have to stand, and I'm just burning inside. I, I want the cross, and I just start. I just, I didn't even rehearse this story because I wanted it to be real to me today, and I, um, I just started crying, 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 and I just knew God is just on my, I just felt fire on my, on my life, and I just was so excited, and then he said, you come down here if you said I want the cross, and then all through the place, I want the cross, I want all these teenagers, it was so powerful, but that is exactly where we must go if we want a uh, a passion for Jesus. We have to go to the cross. That is exactly where we must go if we get lost. That is exactly where we must go if we haven't found it yet. And that's where Thomas went when he lost, or maybe not even lost passion, but he had a little bit of doubt. And um, one of Jesus' closest partners in ministry, John 20, chapter, chapter 20, verse 24, I want to read that. He was coming from a Billy Graham crusade just like me, where or it wasn't Billy Graham, it was Jesus. It was Jesus for, for, for Thomas. He had just come from a sermon with Jesus, and now he's like, oh, I love you, and then he's in a moment of doubt, and he is wondering, what, what do I believe? What, what, what do I believe anymore? Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, a very common name in our day. A lot of you name your kids Didymus. Thank you. One of the 12 was not with the disciples when Jesus came. 
Did you hear that? He was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks for myself and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand into this side, I will not believe. And I think we get the wrong impression of Thomas. I think a lot of us would say, oh, that Thomas. I would never do that, would you? I would never say that. Thomas, come on. You've been living with Jesus for all this time, and now you're doubting doubting Thomas. Poor. I don't think Thomas was like that. I think it was kind of a thing, kind of like Peter, where Peter jumped out of the boat and wanted to follow. He had such a passion for Jesus. He's like, you know what? I know that he must have risen from the dead. He probably did, but I haven't seen it yet, and I want to see him. I want to get a hold of him. I want to hug him. I want to see him for myself because I love my Jesus. That was probably more like what he said here. The context uh, explains that it's not such a bad thing. I wonder how many would have been the same way. As you notice, it says one of what was not with the disciples when Jesus came the first time. He wasn't with him. He hadn't seen him yet. All the others saw him. He hadn't seen him yet. So his defense the others had seen him, and he hadn't, and he wanted to see him. Thomas was the brother of somebody because it says Thomas was named Didymus, which means a twin. He was a twin of somebody. They think maybe Matthew. And um, Thomas was no wimpy guy. This is the same Tom who, uh, let's look at John chapter 11, verse Verse 16, you know, they, they were going. Jesus said, you know, friends, about, about a week late, earlier, maybe two weeks earlier, I don't know. He said, I have to go to Bethany. I have to go to Bethany. Lazarus was dying. And his friends, his disciples say, dude, if you go to Bethany, you, that's on the way to Jerusalem. If you're going to Jerusalem, you're, they're going to kill you. They're going to kill you. Last time we went through there, they tried to stone you and you got away. Do not do this. And uh, Thomas said, um, let us also go that we may die with him. This is the same Thomas who was ready to give up his life. Little did, did his friends know, Jesus knew, but little did they know that he was prop prophetic in saying, I want to die with you where you're going. I'm coming with you because Jesus did leave and go towards Bethany and then went to Jerusalem. And what happened in Jerusalem? He died. And Thomas knew that. Thomas was a pretty tough guy. He was a bad dude. Don't give him a bad rep. But he did have some doubt. And he had trust in Jesus. And now we find him, his passion crumbling, his dreams waning because, oh, Jesus, I was going to go with you to Jerusalem and you went and you died. And now what happened? What is going on? I, I thought that it was going to turn out differently. Have you had a time in your life where you thought it should turn out differently? Thomas was not a skeptic. He was not an atheist. He was not an agnostic. He was wounded. Thomas was a, Thomas was a wounded believer, a broken heart that's what he had because what he felt strongly he felt strongly and that wasn't a bad thing just a few days earlier someone else probably felt the same mary martha my daughter reagan said why do they call everybody mary in the bible it's like 
get a new name so that people know what's going on. One, one Mary, which Mary are you talking about? Well, there was a Mary and Martha. They were, they were sis sisters of Lazarus, right? And Lazarus had died, and Jesus got there late. Late, quote, unquote. But it wasn't late. And Mary and Martha said to him, why did you come so late if you had only been here? And now Thomas is saying, if I could only see. It's kind of the same thing. And Thomas and Mary and Martha both teach us one thing. And write this down or put this in your mind. Number one, if you want to be passionate for Jesus, if you want a new passion, you want a stronger passion, you want to you wanna be one of those believers who is real in everything that you do with your life, you must be honest, deadly honest with your doubt. Gen this generation needs to hear this. I'll get into that in a minute. But this generation doubts everything. We must, and there's nothing wrong with doubting because Thomas doubted unless I see him. Mary and Martha, had you only been here, they were mad at Jesus. They probably shouted, Mary and Martha, sweet Mary, sweet Martha, not Mary, Jesus' mom. It was a different Mary. Jesus, Mary shouted at Jesus too, Mary's mom, but this is a different Mary. And she shouted. I don't know if you ever shouted at God. Have you ever, you know, Jesus can handle that. Jesus can handle your shouts. I've been in moments, and I don't sit in my uh, room or my office. My, it's really my bedroom is where my office often becomes where I work on messages and stuff. I don't do it in my room these days because I would, I would scare Jaden if I shouted. He'd be like, what are you talking about? But I would go in the car. I'll be driving somewhere, and I'll be thinking about, why didn't you do this, God? What is going on? I, you know, you get upset with God. You know what? God can handle. God can handle it. Unless I see him, Thomas said. Because if you will be deadly honest with God, you will see Jesus respond to you. Jesus will respond to your deadly doubt. Because watch what happens next. Chapter, chapter 20 of John, verse 26. It says, a week later, a week later, a long, that's a long time. After his disciples were in the house again, locked up, by the way. They were putting Thomas down for doubting, but they were locked in a room, in an upper room, so that no one could find them because they were afraid they were going to get crucified next. And Thomas was with them this time. Thomas wasn't out in his car shouting, getting upset with God. He was with his friends. And it says, Through the, though the doors were locked, Jesus came, everybody say came, came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. In the midst of our fear and our doubts and our questions and our failures and our shoutings, in order for us to have a passion to follow jo Josh, <laughs> Jesus, I don't know where Josh came from, in order to have a passion to follow Jesus, we must be deadly honest with our doubts, because when we do, Jesus will show up. Whether we are hurt or hardened or hiding in our room, God will show up. And know that when he does, 
He doesn't show up. Oh, here I am, Kay. I'm sorry, I was busy. I, I didn't realize that, uh, I didn't mean for Lazarus to die. I, I don't know what happened. No, Jesus doesn't come and say, oh, I didn't mean to get crucified. I know this was a bummer for all of you. No, he knew exactly what he was doing because when he comes into our situation, he's not embarrassed. He's not insecure. He comes through the wall, the brick wall. This is what happened here. He came through a wall into your situation and when we need him most. And by the way, do you know when he comes? He comes into your situation. What's different about Jesus from the last time Thomas saw him, besides this, his nails in his hands, he comes with a power, a resurrection power, because he went to hell, he conquered death, he conquered sin, and he comes back and he says, here I am. How do you like me now? No, he says, here I am. I have the keys to sin. I have the keys to death. You need proof? You want truth? Here it is, my child. No problem. I am the truth. I am the way. I am literally the life for you. Amen? He says, verse 27, put your finger, put your finger, see my, here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Thomas declares, would, you, would the worship team, you guys come on up, we're, we're, we're finished here today. Thomas declares, one of the greatest proclamations when he sees this in the entire Bible. There's no better revelation of who Jesus is. Because some people wondered, is Jesus who he says he is in our world? Is Jesus who he says he is? Is Jesus really God's son? Is Jesus really, is he, was he just a good teacher? And Thomas declares one of the greatest proclamations next right there. He says, he says something that seems easy for us to understand, but then this was a very powerful statement that he says, because sometimes the point of your greatest doubt, do you hear me? Sometimes the point of your greatest doubt becomes the point of your most profound revelation. Don't fear going into places where life gets rough, life gets tough, life gets you down, because in those moments, God comes through and reveals himself to you. Amen, Kalei? He does. And he says this, my Lord, verse 28, Thomas says, my Lord, my God. We'd say, obviously, he is my Lord and my God. But that was a revelation to all of his disciples. It was kind of a confirmation. is. In order to have a passion to follow Jesus more closely, like Thomas, Jesus will show up in your doubt, and he will bring revelation. Because going deeper often comes in the middle of our hardest questions. And this is what I wanted to say about this generation. This is a word that our generation, I would say this generation, the young, but we're all a part of this screwed up <laughs> generation. What why does this generation need to go deeper? 
because we are so skeptical. We are so questioning of everything. We don't believe because we have been fooled by media. We've been fooled by authorities. We've been fooled by, um, we, we've been tricked, we feel like. We feel like we are so <clears throat> skeptical. Oh, okay, so that's true. Well, uh, yeah, pro prove it to me. Yeah, because if you look at what happened, look at what happened at this school. Look at what happened at this church. Look at what happened in this. You just look around, and we have been lied to by media, by, the, by Hollywood. We, we believe that they know exactly, so we go to them. Can you please explain to me the meaning of life? Oh, let me watch the Grammys, and I'll find out. You know, that we think... And we start to believe, and Jesus shouts to a generation. He shouts to your situation. He shouts to your relationship with him, and he says, I, if, the, if you're looking for truth, you're looking for an absolute truth. Well, there's no such thing as absolute truth anymore. Maybe that's true. Is there no such thing? Maybe we don't even, we're not even sure. He says, I don't care what, what you've seen. I am the truth. I am the truth. And I will be there. It's not a political statement. It's not a cultural statement. It's the Bible. It happened 2000. I am the truth for your life. Just listen. Just, just trust me. Go with me on, just go with me on this whole journey. Yes, you, you, you uh, doubt here, here, here. You may disagree with me here. I will stick with you. I am relentless. I will stick with you. I am constantly patient with you until you get it. Because Jesus knows that deep doubt is a prelude to deeper faith. And I want to ask you a question today. When you look at your relationship with Jesus, and this is everyone, this is not, um, there's just a few of you in the room. There might be one. This is all of us. When you look at your relationship with Jesus, it's time to go another place, okay? You're done here. It's time to go to another place. Because Sister Pastor Anna Faith said, we're waiting. We're, wait we're not waiting on a building. We're not waiting on this. We're not waiting on that. You might be waiting on a job. You might be waiting on a um, Revelation, you might be waiting on, oh, God, show a miracle. He would say, just wait on me. Just wait on me. And when he, and I want to ask you, where are you in your passion for Jesus? It's time to go to a new place. Well, I'm here. Well, time to go here. I'm here. Time to go here. I'm here. Wherever you're at, it's time to go to a new place. When you say, I have decided, do you secretly harbor a doubt. It's okay. Be deadly honest. You can have this if you like. Be deadly honest with your doubt. Because when you're honest, Jesus, Jesus shows up. Would you bow your heads with me? Jesus will show up. Maybe you need to hear this today. Christianity is not a... Um, when you come in the door, just check your brain at the door and your mind because you don't need that today. You're in a Pentecostal church where it just let the emotions and the spirit lead you. Yes, sometimes that's lovely. But you don't check your mind and your brain at the door when you come into a life of G with Jesus. Jesus welcomes you to think. 
Jesus welcomes you to question. Jesus welcomes you to say, show me the proof. Show me the evidence. Show me firsthand what is going on. And Jesus talks firsthand. He says, look at my hands. Look at what I've done for you. I will bring you an unshakable faith. Yes, sometimes it requires faith without seeing, but sometimes he wants us to see. To a jaded generation, he's, he's ready, willing, and able to, to show you whatever you need to see. He says, just let me show you how important you are to me. He will not let us, let me just, what he says, he will not let us stay and our questions, our failures, our doubts. He doesn't let us stay there. And he won't let you stay in your, your um, what's the word, your um, stagnancy. I don't like think of the word I'm thinking of. He won't let you stay in the same place. So that would include all of us. If you're, are you listening? He doesn't want you to stay in the same place. There are some of you, I don't, maybe you don't know, maybe I don't know what's going on in your life, but I would venture to say, because the Holy Spirit does, and we prayed, Holy Spirit would narrow cast you while I broadcast. He would say to you, and I will press in right now and let him speak this to you. Listen. You say, stop, please stop, please be done. I don't need to be any more, uh, it's, if you feel condemned, it's not con condemnation he wants. He wants conviction. He does not want you to stay in your moment of oh, status quo. Please move on. Please move to a place of, of, of greater trust in him, greater passion for him. You know, this world needs, cannot, we cannot live without Christians, without believers in Jesus who really believe in Jesus. There are so many believers in Jesus that aren't even sure. They're so embarrassed to say the name of Jesus because, oh, what if I offend somebody? I'm not telling you to offend anyone. I'm just saying, get up and be who God has called you to be. Be the truth to the world around us. They need us. They need us. Go ahead. Would you guys sing a song? And we're, I'm going to close. I'll close with a, a challenge to you. You're, we're not off the hook. God is going to challenge us all to, with one thing before we go, but let's just sing a song and then we'll close. Here we are standing in your presence. Here we are standing in your presence. Shekinah glory come down. Shekinah glory come down. Here we are standing in your presence. Here we are standing in your presence. Shekinah glory come down. Release the fullness of your spirit. Shekinah glory come. Shekinah glory come. Release the fullness of your spirit. Shekinah glory come. Shekinah glory come. We wait for you. 
we wait for you. So walk in the back and forth and how to have us all respond because it's such a spiritual um, personal thing that God calls us all to different places in our walks I mean he's calling us all to one place and that's a passionate follower of Jesus but so many of us are in so many different places and um, I've been you've been in church if you've been in church a long time, how many times do you respond to God and you respond and respond? And I don't know how much of the response itself change, causes change as a response, um, you know, what I'm saying? A response in your, in your life when you leave this place. That's where the change comes. But sometimes something has to be done um, Maybe it doesn't have to be, but sometimes it's good that something happens, that we say something, we make a commitment to Jesus. And Jesus would say to you, let your yes, one of his most important things he said in James, and I'll be done. He said, above all things, bottom line, everything else I've said is so important. But here I say this, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Stop saying yes and then go change it to no. Stop saying, well, I, I don't know, no and changing it to yes if it's a bad situation. Let your yes be yes. If you've said yes, I'll apply this to passion for Jesus. If you've said yes, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, though none go with me. Just say yes and stick with it and watch me show up in your life. Stop going back, and you say, well, I don't go back. We do go back. You do go back. Some of, some of you go back farther than you should. When you say no to God, when he calls you to do something, or to your spirit, when you decide to go back into some certain sin or some certain way, this week, no going back. Who would here say, 
I will, yes, and that's not saying you didn't in the past, but who would say, I want my yes to be yes to you, Jesus. Yes, I said yes to you at 8, at 12, at 24, at 42, whenever it was. I said yes, and I stay saying yes, and this week I will not go back on my yes. Who would say that today? Is that anyone in this room? Would you stand if that would be you? That would be you. The rest of you, go ahead and stand as well. That's your way to get yourself off the hook. Would you say with your eyes uh, open or closed or lifted or bowed, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Though it, no, though, though none go with me, say it or make it in your heart. Though none go with me, still, still. there's a lot that won't go with you. If you're in high school, junior high, elementary, you understand this more than the adults. Even Jaden at a Christian school, right? Not Jaden, my Jaden, but this Jaden. There are some, even in a Christian school, heaven forbid, Principal Chappie, that would say, uh, I don't want to go with you. But I say, though none go with you, that's what you need to say. So say, everybody, I'm going to watch Jaden and see, he says, though none go with me, though none go with me, let me look at all the teenagers and youth in this room, though none go with me, that's a big statement. You're like, you've made me say it. But though none go with you, still, I will follow. Amen? We want to be characterized, amen, as Thanks for listening as followers. Today. Remember, don't God wants to do the impossible through you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you.